kind of cheese he was putting on their chili dinner. Gabelle Taylor, 38, who had just prevailed in an informal Bible quoting contest in Dadesville, Alabama, was shot to death by the loser. Let me see one more here. Yeah. Irate that a truck was moving too slowly in traffic for her taste, Lisa Lind pulled up alongside and took several futile swipes at it with a baseball bat as both were moving down the highway. Police in Tustin, California, arrested her and noticed her personalized license plate, Peace 95. Said an officer, she told me she got it because she thought there was too much violence in today's society. We've been looking at the seven deadly sins. We're on the last one today, which is wrath or anger. Now, this is a very difficult one for me to talk about with you because I know so little about it. But for your sakes, I put something together I want to share with you. No, I've been married for over 40 years. I raised two sons and I drive a car. I, I think I know a little bit about anger. So let me share some research with you this morning. The average man loses his temper about six times a week. The average woman, three times a week. Women are most angry at people. Men are most angry at things like traffic or a flat tire. Singles express their anger two times more than marrieds. Men tend to display their anger more physically. Teenage boys are the angriest group. Not too much Doubt about that. Home is where anger is the most expressed. Anger is most frequently and intensely displayed toward family members rather than strangers. We live in an angry culture. There's no question that our country is so divided politically, which brings in a lot of animosity toward others. Teens kill over sneakers. Men shake babies. Road rage is really a thing. And anger can be displayed in degrees from mild irritation to violent outbursts. But anger is a very normal human relation and emotion. Uh, It's not simple to have anger in and of itself. We should be angry at the injustices of the world and the evil of the world. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry. And do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. It's possible to be angry and not have sin. 375 times the Bible uses the phrase, the anger of the Lord. Just one example, Jesus in the temple with the money changers, how he flipped their tables and drove them out. That was righteous anger. That's a good thing. Cindy Leitner got angry. Her daughter was killed by a drunk driver, and he got off with a mere slap on the wrist. So she did something about it. She got mad and formed mad. Mothers against drunk drivers. So there's a right way and a wrong way to express anger. Harmful ways and helpful ways to get angry. James 1.19b and 20 says, Be slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I want to share with you four ways that are very typical for people in America to express their anger. Now, this isn't saying that this is how cultures do it all over the world, but just in our culture, this is 
some ways that we wrongly express anger. The first one is he vents it. He vents it. He's the volcano that explodes, the walking time bomb. He has a hair trigger temper, a short fuse. When he gets angry, he lets the expletives fly. He throws things. He yells. He stomps his feet. He shakes his fist. The veins pop out in his neck. His motto is, I was screaming before you interrupted me. Example, Cain. Genesis 4, 4 to 8. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? That's a good question. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. The first murderer was very angry at his brother, jealous over his close relationship with God. The person who explodes oftentimes recognizes that they went too far. They're embarrassed and apologize. They regret their actions and promise I'll never do it again. Does this describe you? Another way is he stuffs it. He's like the iceberg where most of the ice is under the water, unseen. The silent type. That implodes, he suppresses it, holds it in, clams up, denies it, pretends he's not mad. He's like the crock pot that's slowly simmering. He swallows his anger, but his stomach keeps score. This person is susceptible to all kinds of physical ailments like high blood pressure, ulcers, headaches, migraines, backaches, stomach problems. Dr. F.I. McMillan in None of These Diseases lists 51 illnesses that he's traced in part to suppressed anger. The prophet Jeremiah could be an example. He says in Jeremiah 15, I did not sit in the company of revelers, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because your hand was upon me, for you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Will you be to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail? Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. He had a tendency to hold it in. Someone said, it's not what you eat that bothers you, but what's eating you. So is this you? Do you suppress your anger and hold it in? Third type is he's a martyr. He's a martyr. It's all my fault. He's a pro at pity parties. He self punishes. He's Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh. He's depressed a lot because of all this internal anger. An example, maybe the prodigal brother, the older brother in the prodigal son story. In Luke 15, 28 and 9, it says, but he was angry, the older brother, and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, 
These many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Another translation says, I've slaved for you all these years. I'm a victim. Martyrs make everyone around them miserable. Is this how you handle anger? A fourth way is he's passive aggressive. He doesn't get mad, he gets even. Carrie was made fun of. All the fellow students play practical jokes on her. Then she gets mad and locks the school doors and sets a building on fire and kills everybody, according to the movie by that name. The point is, they retaliate eventually and are oftentimes sarcastic, using biting humor and look at you and say, can't you take a joke? Religious people use this one all the time. They know it's unspiritual to explode, so they pretend to be nice. Example, the Pharisees. They pretended to be pious all the while plotting to murder Jesus. Luke 6.11 says, but they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Any of these describe you? Right? Now, we all get angry. It's how we express it that counts. So let's look at some biblical ways to express our anger. First thing about anger and expressing it in a healthier, more biblical way to be understand your anger. Understand your anger. Proverbs 1911 says good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. The better I understand myself, the better I will be able to control my anger. Think of anger as a warning light. It's the thermostat of your soul. It alerts you to the fact that something's going on on the inside of me. So when do we get angry? What situations prompt anger? When we hurt, we get angry. If someone slaps my face, or I'm probably your face, you're going to get mad and want to retaliate. And hit them back. Like Paul in Acts 23, when someone slapped his face. So he spoke ill of the man who ordered his face to be slapped. When he learned it was the high priest, he apologized. If someone puts me down, I'm going to get mad. If your spouse hurts you, you're going to get angry. When your desires are blocked, you get angry. When my will is thwarted, It makes me mad. Okay, so I'm in a traffic jam. I get mad because I want to be on time. That was my goal. And this traffic is blocking my will from being accomplished. So I'm mad at the traffic jam. Or you clean the house. Your goal is to have a really clean, nice house. And then a few hours later, the kids have messed it all up. So you get mad and yell at them because your goal was a clean house and they thwarted your will. You want a date, so you ask her out on a date. She says, no, you get mad because your needs and your wants aren't met and you get angry about it. We also get angry when we're insecure. Insecurity leads to anger when we're threatened. An animal backed into a corner is going to fight back. If someone attacks our character or competence, we react. We hate slights. We take offense at unkind words. But when these things happen, maybe we should ask ourselves in trying to understand our anger, why am I so angry right now? 
What's causing this? And if we look closely, it probably won't be the most noble reasons. Here's a second biblical principle for handling anger. Look to God, not others for your self-worth. Look to God, not others for your self-worth. Insecure folks are angry a lot. Confident people tend to keep their cool. They handle frustrations better. Ecclesiastes 7.21, do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Look, people are going to talk bad about you in life. If you're secure, that's okay. If you're insecure and need everyone to like you, this is going to be a problem. If someone doesn't like me, I'm going to be mad at them because my worth depends on your approval. But if you're after God's approval, it doesn't matter what other people say. You'll be less angry. First Corinthians four, three, the Apostle Paul said, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. Paul is saying here, I don't care what those people think about me or say about me. I care what God thinks about me. Someone may think I'm a bum. That's OK. I know I'm accepted in Christ and I know who I am in him. I'm going to be less angry. Third thing, think before reacting. Think before reacting. It says in James 3, 2, 4, we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. We see from this verse that it's our tongues that get us in the most trouble in life. Our mouths run faster than our minds. I need to put my mind in gear before I engage my tongue. Someone said a sharp tongue is the quickest way to cut your throat. I think that's true. Think before you speak. Here's an example of someone who didn't. On this occasion, Moses from Numbers 20. God says to Moses, take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother. And tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So speak to the rock. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock and said to them, Here now, you rebels. Shall we, Aaron and I, bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. Not what the Lord told him to do. And water came out abundantly and the congregation drank of their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Speaking too quickly. Anger rose up in him, and he spoke, disobeying the Lord, and paid a heavy price. Let's look at an example of someone who did. That would be Nehemiah. The enemies of Nehemiah tried to defeat the work that God called him to, which was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Even some fellow Jews were frustrating him. But listen to how he handles it. Chapter 5, 6, and 7. I was very angry. 
Okay, I'm very angry when I heard their outcry in these words. So I took counsel with myself and brought charges against the nobles and the officials. I said to them, you are exacting interest, each from his brother. And I held a great assembly against them. So we see that Nehemiah was angry about what was happening. So he pondered what to do before he spoke. He had a meeting with me, myself, and I. Take a walk. Buy some time. Delay your response. Talk when you've cooled down a bit. Ask yourself, why am I so angry? And you'll find that it's usually selfish reasons. Am I hurt? Am I frustrated? Am I insecure? So I'm trying to understand before I speak. And then ask yourself this question. What do I want from all this? What's the end result that I want? Is it revenge? Really? Is that what you want? The best revenge is a well-lived life. What about spiritual growth? Is, Is that of any concern to you? Jesus told us to love our enemies. And if someone slaps you on your cheek, turn to him the other. Am I conveniently ignoring God's word because it's uncomfortable for me? Think before you speak. I can't. I just explode. So you're saying you can't control yourself. What are you, two? Yes, you can. Have you ever been in an argument with your spouse and the phone rings and you pick it up with a smile on your face and go, hello? You just instantaneously changed because you wanted to put a good front on for the person who was calling you. But I'm giving you that example to show you it's possible to change because anger is a choice. You choose to get angry. It isn't like me to say that. Yes, it is. It's exactly like you and me to say that we're capable of just about anything. It feels good to hit that mean person and yell at that slow driver, though it's not very helpful. You can control your actions. Stop making excuses. Nobody makes you mad. You make yourself mad by choosing to get mad. Two people can have the same exact experience and react in different ways. Let's say you're at work and the boss comes out and lets you and your coworker have it. He just yells you up one side and down the other. You sit there calmly, poised. You learn from what the boss had to say, though you may not have liked the delivery. You got something out of it. You, you changed and were a, was a better worker because of it. Your coworker gets ticked off, he screams back at the boss, stomps his feet, yells, he gets fired. You see that? Two people had the same exact experience, but they reacted in different ways. It's a choice. Events don't make us angry. We make us angry. So quit blaming your spouse. Quit saying, hey, I blow up because I'm Italian or I'm Irish. Quit blaming everybody else. Repent of this sin. You are choosing to interpret your circumstances in a certain way. And it all goes back to bad thinking, as we've talked about throughout this series on the seven deadly sins. Stop blaming others and start taking responsibility for your own actions. It says in Proverbs 29:11, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. You can do it. 
Here's number four. Learn to relax. Learn to relax. Proverbs 1430 out of the Living Bible. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. Jealousy rots it away. I have found, and maybe you have too, that tension and temper go together. When I'm stressed, I'm quicker to get angry. I have to learn to chill, to relax, to chillax. Now, I think I'm a real easygoing guy. But once a week, I get PMS. Pre-message syndrome. It's not what you're thinking. Saturday night, I don't sleep my best. Sunday morning, I'm a little tense. Because I think I'm going to stand up in front of people and talk to them about God and God's word. So that makes me a little tense, a little nervous. Well, what I have to say make a difference in anyone's life or not. So I go to church on every Saturday evening and pray over the message, go through it and make necessary changes. Try not to be too social on Saturday nights because I want to be prepared for Sunday morning because I think it's a big deal. Every Sunday morning over the years of our ministry, Kathy and I, even when our boys were little, I would always go to church by myself. And Kathy was good enough to take the boys to church herself because you ever see that stuff happens on the way to church? Have you ever experienced that? Is the devil ever busy on Sunday mornings? Have you noticed that? Now, some of you I know are wound up pretty tight. And it doesn't take much to set you off. You're like this dad who had a hard day at work. He comes home, yells at his wife. And so she spanks Johnny and Johnny hits Sally and Sally kicks the dog and the dog chases the cat. Dad's anger, you see, set off a whole chain reaction of events. So be aware when a family member is tense. In fact, let your family members know how you're feeling. Communicate. Postpone that heavy-duty talk until you're in a better mood. Something else that's happened that's helped me over the years deal with tension is exercise. When we pastored in Canton, it was tennis and then basketball. Played in different basketball leagues. That helped a lot. And then when we moved to Marysville, it was the YMCA. Uh, Just pick up basketball games. When I got on that basketball court, I just forgot all the problems that were happening. It was a stress reliever. I think it prolongs your life. I believe that fishing early in the morning is very spiritual. Listen to good music. Take a walk in the woods. Sing, I feel pretty, oh so pretty, like Adam Sandler and anger management. Laugh a lot. Humor helps. Don't take yourself so seriously, but do take God and life seriously. But you, not so much. Laugh at yourself. Watch a funny movie and laugh. Laughter is a good medicine. You know where it says that? In the Bible. Here's number five. Fifth principle for dealing with anger constructively. Ask God for help. So some of us are going to be going to God a lot, aren't we? And praying, God, I said it again. I did it again. Would you help me? Galatians 6 or 522 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So if I'm filled with the spirit, there's not going to be as much room for my anger. Less water in the pot, it boils quicker. Less of the Holy Spirit in you, you boil over quicker. What if I uh, grab a tube of toothpaste here and I squeeze it really good? What do you think is going to come out? Toothpaste. What if this thing was filled with mayo? What would come out? What if it was filled with chili beans? Chili beans would come out, right? I think you get it. What you're filled with is going to come out when you're squeezed. A crisis time is going to reveal your true colors. It's going to show you who you really are. I remember watching an NBA playoff basketball game years ago. The Cavaliers, who I was following then, and the Washington Wizards. The game plan apparently was to rough up LeBron James whenever he came into the lane like uh, the Detroit Pistons, the bad boys used to do to Michael Jordan. So LeBron James came down the lane and Brendan Haywood came over and shoved him hard to the floor. Instantaneously, LeBron James hopped up. He was mad. You could see it on his face. He went looking for Haywood. But then about two seconds You could see a change came over his face. He calmed down. His teammates went to confront Haywood. He turned away. So I thought that day, I don't know what's in LeBron James. Maybe mayo. Maybe chili beans. But he handled it really well. And so can you. The Holy Spirit lives in you if you're a Christian. And he can calm you down. I'll tell you this, the world is going to squeeze you every day. Deadlines loom. Pressure mounts. So what's coming out of you? Is it love, joy, peace, patience? Is it L-O-V-E or some other four-letter word? If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll keep your cool. If you're filled with anger, oh boy, I don't even want to talk about it. Lord, fill us today with your Holy Spirit. Help us to forgive those who hurt us. Christ can heal my hurts with his love. He can replace my frustration with his grace. He can overcome my insecurity with his power. Maybe you were abused when you were young or rejected or unloved. Maybe you're both Italian and Irish. God will help you. Are you angry at God today? You know, he can deal with that, but you need to make business with God. The altar's open again. If you'd like to come down and pray again for this sin or something else, let's pray. Oh, Lord, uh, thank you for giving us so much practical help in your word. So we have your word that we can apply to our lives and grow and benefit from it. And we have the Holy Spirit who dwells in us who believe. So, Lord, we we have what we need to cope and to deal with our stresses and pressures each and every day. Help us, Lord, to put your word into practice. And if this is an issue for us, I pray, Lord, that you would help us deal with our anger in positive ways and to have your heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
You can stay.